All right, Chavos, say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Shvat. Haba Alinu Latova Bracha Strimber. In loving memory of her husband, Avi Strimber, Avram Ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi. And uh, truly beautiful, we have a Talmud Torah sponsorship from Avi Tobias, one of our listeners from New Jersey, who Baruch Hashem dedicating the Shiurim in, in this week. In honor of the Shir, in honor of the Dafyomi, and we thank Avi very much for his generosity. So with that, let us let us begin. So we are picking up today's Daf. Today's Daf is Chaf Gimel twenty three, and we are picking up on Chaf Beis Gufa, about twenty two lines up from the bottom. So okay, it goes quickly. Says the Gemara Gufa. Rav remembering we had this. This is the. This is just whenever you see a Gufa, you know this already. Gufa is the Gemara picking up in a, a piece that we that we already explored in the previous Bryce. In this case, it's the story of Rav going to Bavel. So watch this. This is great. Rav Iklala Bavel, Betainus Sibor. So remember we had the story yesterday. Rav went to Bavel. It was a communal fast day. Kam Karabasifra. He got an Aliyah. Let's remember again. So yesterday we were discussing which Aliyah he was getting fine. Pasach Baruch, Chasam Lo Baruch. So he made a bracha. He made a bracha when he, when he opened the Aliyah. Sorry. Made a bracha when he opened the Aliyah, or before when he began the Aliyah. Chasam Barach. But he went ahead and he concluded the Aliyah. He didn't make a bracha. Nafakuli Aman Payu. Everyone else, the said Bipashtos, that means everyone else said Tachanun. Literally, they fell on their face. But Rav, however, did not say Tachanun. So now both say, the Gemara is dashing over here. My time I Rav So yesterday, in yesterday's daf, we were fully focused on what Aliyah Rav was getting and why he was only making a bracha at the opening of the Aliyah and not at the close of the Aliyah. Today we're focusing on a different issue. Why is it that when everyone sat down to, to say to say Tachnun, Rav didn't say Tachnun? My time I Rav lo To which the Gemara says Ritzpa Shalavanam Haisa. The reason was because this shul. This shul that Rab was in had a stone floor. The Tanya we learned, So the Beis Hamikdash had a stone floor. And on the, in the Beis Hamikdash there was an obligation of prostration. The Aloha is you could prostrate yourself on a stone floor of the Beis Hamikdash but you cannot prostrate yourself on a stone floor outside of the base of English. So we'll say, this is one of these interesting halachas. There are a number of different things that, it's, it's interesting. There are things we do, right, to remember that which was done on the base of English. And then there are things that we're not allowed to do because they're only done inside of the base of English. One of the things we're not allowed to do because it was only done inside of the base of Middash, is prostration on a stone floor. That could only be done in the Mikdash itself, is not done outside of the base of Middash. Therefore, the Gemara suggests that the reason why Rav does not go ahead and do, and if you does not prostrate himself, is because the shul he was in had a stone floor. So the Gemara says, I don't understand, if that's the case, you must remember, well, how did the story go? Everyone else was not and fell on their face. Rav did not. If it's a stone floor issue, then the truth is what? No one should be falling on their face. To which the Gemara says, 
No, no, no. Kamed Rav Havi. Ultimately, again, the stone floor apparently was only in front of Rav. In other words, the stone floor wasn't everywhere in the shul. It was only right in front of Rav. So why doesn't Rav just get up and go sit somewhere else, right? By let him go and sit by the tzibur, right? And this way again, halacha l'may say he could prostrate himself. He could do he could do along with them. No, because what happened? Rav understood that if he got up and went to a different makom, what's going to get up? If Rav gets up, what happens? What happens? Everyone stands up. He did not want to create that tircha de tzibura, and therefore he made a calculation that it is better just to not go ahead and prostrate himself, not to do nefila sapayim, rather than get up and cause tircha de tzibura. Okay, so the Gemara says, another possibility is, this is not regular tachron on the most side. Rather, Rav, because remember, regular tachron, what we call nefila sapayim, right, falling on your face, that's not a problem if there's a stone floor. So what was the problem? Vibayisema, Rav pishut yadaim viraglayim hava avid. We'll say when Rav did Tachnun, he did a full prostration. A full prostration, what we call Pishut Yedayim Ra'alim, which literally means a complete spreading out of oneself on the floor. Rashi says, Kishai nofala ponov usharatzibrila ohaya osikain. So we'll say, Rav, when he would do the first time, would do a, a full prostration. The rest of the Tzibur would not. So again, it's possible the stone floor was in the entire shul. The difference was, that Rav, who did Pishadayim Raglayim, it's a problem. But everyone else, everyone else, it was not a problem. To which the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, Therefore, again, I will say, what's happening over here is as follows. There's a stone floor in the entire shul. For everyone else who just says, like we say, your head, your head on your arm, that's not a problem. But Rav, who normally did full prostration, you cannot prostrate yourself on a stone floor outside of the base of Mikdash. What's listen to this? So, fine, don't prostrate yourself. Just rav, just do tachanun like everyone else does tachanun. Just put your hand on your arm and that's it. Very interesting. Rav did not want to deviate from his established practice. In other words, his established practice was pishut yadayim v'raglayim. He did not want to change that. And therefore, it's interesting. There's a lot of fascinating pieces over here. So instead of changing his minog, instead of changing his minog, he just didn't do it at all, which is really, which is really quite fascinating. Okay, Vibay I will say another possibility. So I will say, so I just want to point out, so far we have a lot of very interesting ideas over here. First of all, we have this idea that first of all, there's a form of tachnun, of pishut edayim v'raglayim, a form of tachnun of complete prostration. That's number one. Number two, we have established you cannot prostrate yourself on a stone floor outside of the base hamikdash. The concept of pishut yadayim v'raglayim, full prostration on a stone floor, is a practice solely reserved for the Mikdash itself and cannot be replicated outside of the Mikdash. The third possibility is Adam Chashuv Shaini. This is very profound. It's possible also that there's a difference for an Adam Chashuv, an important person, when it comes to prostration. How so? Kid Rabbi Elazar, first one on the bottom, Don Rabbi Elazar, Ein Adam Chashuv Rashi Lipo Alpanov, Ele Imkin Nana Kyoshua Benun. So this is very interesting. An Adam Chashav, an important person, should not go ahead and fall on his face 
unless, of course, he's confident that he is going to be answered like Yoshua Benun. Stand up because I've answered your tefillahs. Now, say, now what's happening over here? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, So this is very interesting. So what the Gemara now says over here is as follows. Rav, Rav, Rav would have normally done now, what I want to point out over here is, according to Rashi, Rav did Tachnun like everyone else, which means just falling on his arm. So what's happening over here that he would be falling on his face? Take a quick look at Tosis. Tosis says, If you bring this all together, it sounds like what the Gemara is saying is like this. Rav is in the shul. And it must have been that there was some type of tzibor need. Rav would have liked to have done pishut adayim v'raglayim, full prostration, full prostration. But he didn't do so. Why didn't he do so? Because an Adam Chashub should not engage in full prostration Unless, of course, he's absolutely sure that his tefillah will be answered. Now, the Gemara gives, like Yoshua ben Nun, who is confident that his tefillah will be answered. Now, what's, now what's happening over here? Why can't, why can't an Adam Chashuv go ahead and prostrate himself unless, of course, he's absolutely confident that his tefillah is going to be answered? So, interestingly enough, this is a halacha in Shulchan Aruch. So the halacha says, this is in Hilchos Nefilas Afan, the halacha of Tachnun, Simin Kufram and Aleph Sivches. Ein Adam Chashav Roy Lisha Lipa Aponov, Kishem Espalo Alat Sibor. So I will say, an Adam Chashav, so you see, by the, the Shulchan Aruch takes into account Tosus. An Adam Chashav should not go ahead and prostrate himself, should not prostrate himself, and daven for the Tzibor, right? Unless, of course, he's Ela Imkin Hubatuach, Unless, of course, he's 100% sure that he is going to have his tefillos answered like Yoshua ben Nun. Says the Mishnah Bura, what's, what's going on over here? The Mishnah Bura says, Because we'll say, what's the concern? The concern is, the concern is that if he davens publicly for the tzibur with pishut adayim v'raglayim, full prostration, and his tefillos aren't answered, what does that do? it erodes his communal standing. And the community needs to believe in its leaders. A community needs to believe in its leadership. So both say, this is absolutely incredible. So the Gemara says, if you're a communal leader and you're davening for the tzibor, and remember again, is a pretty big display, right? Can you imagine you're in shul and you see the, the community leader mamish prostrate himself down out on the floor like this? That's big stuff, that's big stuff. And if the tefillos aren't answered, if tefillos aren't answered, it erodes communal trust in the leader. Now, both say now it shouldn't, because tefillos go unanswered for a whole variety of different reasons. But Lamaisa people are people, and they assume that if the leader, after such a display, is not getting his tefillah answered, maybe he's not such a hush of a leader after all. It can erode public trust. And again, it's more important for the public to maintain its trust in its leadership. Therefore, the Gemara says, if you're a communal leader, if you are not absolutely sure that Chos Baruch is going to answer your tefillah, like Yoshua Benun, don't do pishat adayim v'raglayim. 
Do not prostrate yourself, B'tzibor. Very profound Gemara. But say, what I will point out is this sugi is actually very important for us. Why? When does this play a role? This plays a role for us on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Sibov say it's interesting. So the halacha is, the minag is, that even if you have a shul where there's not a stone floor, like our shul, there's not a stone floor. Sibov say, so technically speaking, by, by Aleinu, when many of us have the custom to go ahead and literally this kish pish right? You're prostrating yourself on the floor. The minog is that we still place something underneath us. Even though technically speaking, this is not a stone floor, person should still put something down, a paper towel or something else. Because again, the minog is we do not do full prostration on a floor outside of the Beis HaMikdash. The real halacha is a stone floor. But the truth is, Mila Gisrael is really any... I saw this. Who did it? Uh, maybe Irish or this. I think right to Rabbi Zwag's Yeshiva. Right a while ago. Sent out. It's actually beautiful. Sent out this uh, prayer mat. Right. Prayer mat, essentially. Right. For, uh, right? But a Jewish prayer mat. But a, but a, but a great chap. So again, this was a, this is our minuk, And again, it's based on this Gemara. Beautiful. Both says, come on. The Gemara talks about this a little bit more. The Gemara, which is also so... There's so much to say about this, about this tension between, on one hand, recognizing that leaders are imperfect, but at the same time, but, right, leaders are human beings, but at the same time, the leader's obligation to make sure that he doesn't do things to make the public lose trust in him. Such a, such a fascinating tension. So the Gemara goes right to Tanabana, Kida, sorry, Kida Alapai, Kida, Rabose means full body prostration. Full body prostration, right? Literally falling on your face. Shnemar, vatikol basheva apayim, apayim aretz. Kriya, what we call kriya bending, albir kayim. That's on your knees. Vichinu omer mechra albir kav, hishtachavo. What's hishtachavo? Zu pishot adayim braglayim. That's full prostration. So I should say it differently. Kida is really falling on your face, right? Hishtachavo is really full, full, uh, full, 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 full pishot braglayim. So the Gemara says as follows. Levi, full prostration. Levi achvi kida. There was a Levi demonstrated kida in front of Rebbe, ve'itla. And unfortunately, he injured himself. Now, itla literally means he became crippled. But it means is he injured himself. Now, I was saying, I look at Rashi. This is actually pretty wild. Rashi here describes what kida is. So if you look at kida achvi kida, noitz godlov, v'nishraleen, v'shocha ad shenoshek es haritzba, v'zokev, umitoch she'ino yachali shayna godlov, v'nyadu mesayos osa b'zikifaso, v'tzarach lis amis b'masdav. So we'll say, essentially what kida is like this, if you can imagine, you pretty much pivot on your ankles and your calves, right? And you just go straight down, straight down. So if you can imagine without bending your knees, you just bend straight down. So Levi did this, and apparently, again, the pressure it exerted on his, I guess, on his calf muscles, right, around his ankles, was so was so profound that he became permanently injured. So the Gemara says, "Vaha kakarma," is that what injured Levi? A person should never go ahead and speak in an accusatory fashion to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Because he was a great man who spoke in an accusatory fashion to Hashem. The itla, and he became crippled. Umanu, and who was it? It was Levi. So we'll say, so again, when did Levi speak in an accusatory fashion to Akadish Barahu? So it's the Rashi. Last last line, Rashi was we just had this in Tainus. That Levi said when there was a time when there was no rain. Levi cried out to Akadish Barahu when he said, Alisa Lemarom, Vena Tamashkiach you have ascended to the heavens and you no longer care about your children. 
pretty strong words. So the Gemara says, don't do that, right? Don't try that at home. Don't do that because Levi did it and ultimately, again, he suffered the consequences. So we'll say, so which one was it? Did Levi, did Levi become crippled as a result of that? Did he become crippled as a result of Kida? To which the Gemara says, Havahal Garmile. The truth is, both, both had a negative impact on Levi. Amr of Chibar Abin, Chazino Luhu, Labai Birava, Dematsli Atsluye. Ultimately, again, I saw both Abayi and Rava. They both said, listen to this. The Masli that they would lay on their sides. Now, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Rashi says, The Masli Atzluye, Al-Tzidehen, Velonoflin, Al-Pnein, Mamish, Lefishin, Adam, Chashav, Rashi, Lipolapano. So, we'll say, it's very interesting. So, Rav Chibar Avin said, I saw Abayi and Rava. When the Tzibar would say, Tachanon, they wouldn't really fall on their face. Instead, what they would do is, they would kind of go on their side a little bit in conformance with the dictum that an Adam Chashuv should not fall on his face unless, of course, he's absolutely sure that his tefillahs are going to be answered like Yoshua bin Nun. Now, again, what I will point out over here is that Allah, the Shulun Aruch, when it codifies this Allah, which it does, understands that it's referring to what? Kida, right? It's referring to real prostration. It's not referring to Tachanun as we do it today, but yes, that Adam Chashuv should not engage in full prostration unless, of course, he's absolutely sure that his tefillahs are going to be answered like Yoshua Benon. Very profound. So it says the Gemara, let's go back there. Tap of Chav Kimo. Biyom Tov Chamisha, Biyom Kippurim Shisha. So it says, remember again, our Mishnah said, Yom Tov five Alios, Yom Kippur six Alios, Shabbos seven Alios. So Masnisin money. So we'll say, and remember again, the Mishnah said, Yom Tov and Yom Kippur, you can't add on, but Shabbos you can add on. So many Masnisin. We'll say, who's, who's, or Masnisin money, whose opinion is affected in our Mishnah? So listen to this brisa. You can never do any less. Nor can you add on divrei Rabbi Yishmael. So we'll say Rabbi Yishmael says five, six, seven. Yom tov Yom Kippur Shabbos can't do any less, but can't do any more even on Shabbos. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, "Biyom tov chamisha, biyom kipurim shiva, ubishabeshisha." Rabbi Akiva says, "Yom tov five alios, yom kipur seven alios, Shabbos six alios." Right? You can't do any less, but you can add on more. So we'll say the problem is which of these opinions is reflected in our Mishnah? Money. I Rabbi Shmuel kashet on Shabbos. Kim Rabbi Shmuel because Rabbi Shmuel says that on Shabbos you can't do hosafis, you can't add on alios. Yet our Mishnah says you can. And if it's Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva espouses an alternate order, right? In Rabbi Akiva's order, you read seven aliyos on Yom Kippur, six on Shabbos. In our Mishnah, bless you, you read six on Yom Kippur, seven on Shabbos. What's going on over here? It is a Tana de Rabbi Shmuel. The Tana de Rabbi Shmuel. Biyom Tov Chamisha, Biyom Kippurim Shisha, B'Shabbos, Shiva, so we'll say, so we have a ton of Rabbi Shmuel that says, no, that the words of Rabbi Shmuel are as follows, Yom to five, sorry, Yom to five, Yom Kippur six, Shabbos seven, no less, but on Shabbos we're allowed to add on Aliyah. So we'll say, and this is the opinion reflected in our Mishnah. Here is the problem. Kashya to Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel. We'll say, now I have two contradictory views. Beforehand we said, first price to Rabbi Shmuel said, he agreed to the five, six, seven model, but what did he say? You can't add on. In the second version of Rabbi Shmuel, he agrees to the five, six, seven model, and you can add on on Shabbos. So what's the pshat? 
To which the Gemara says, not a kasha, treit noya alibid rabbi shalom. Okay. I will say there are two different opinions, right? There's a machlokes in the position of Rabbi Yishmael. Beautiful. So we'll see. Here we go. Man tana luhu desanya. We'll say, listen to this brisa. Great brisa. Biyamtiv ma'achar in law. Vau ma'achar in law. Say. So we'll say in yamtiv, people come late to shul, right? Or which it doesn't let them say that differently. It doesn't mean they come late to shul. It means we start shul later, right? Because pe- people come later to shul or ma'achar in law. Say. And they leave early, right? Or they leave quickly. I shouldn't say I keep saying early. They leave quickly, right? So they, they, we come later to show. We start davening a little later. And people are, are leave. We, 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 they're, they're quick to leave. Now, what's the pshat with that? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, third line down from the top. So because why? On yamtiv, people before they leave for shul are what? Preparing their suuda already, right? Because you want to come home from shul and you want to be able to eat. And we're quick to leave shul. Why? Because you want to get the suuda, you want to have the suuda. So we start a little bit later to give people time to go and prepare their suuda. And we leave, we leave quickly in order to engage in simchas yamtiv. I will say, by the way, I also point out over here, understand that in the days before refrigeration, so you had to do much more prep on yamtiv itself. Like that Allah clearly indicates when it comes to Chos Yamtiv, we don't leave to Yamtiv things that we don't have to leave for Yamtiv. In other words, just because you have a dispensation of Ochal Nefesh on Yamtiv does not mean that one should spend their Yamtiv cooking, right? Ideally, one does whatever prep they can do before Yamtiv, and the Heter Ochal Nefesh on Yamtiv itself is there if you need it, right? But the goal, right? Meaning a person who says, ah, I like to have everything fresh on Yamtiv, that's not the ideal way to spend Yamtiv, right? Better to have food that's a little less fresh, but to have a true Yamtiv where you're not spending it in the kitchen preparing food. They're reflecting over here a reality of without refrigeration. So Mamish, every day you're making your food for Yamtiv. So that's Yamtiv. So the Mars Yamakiparm Yam Kippur, Memarin Lavo, we come to shul early, because again, obviously on Yom Kippur, there's no food preparation. The Gemara says, in and we leave, right? We leave late, because there's, right, there's nowhere to go. So the Gemara says, right, in a lot of tefillahs. B'Shabbos, Memarin Lavo, on Shabbos, we come to shul early. We will say, now, once again, there's no food preparation on Shabbos morning. In other words, you could prep stuff, but Lamaisa, said, there's no cooking, right? There's no real, there's no real suda prep. Ultimately, again, Umemarin Lotzeis. And we're quick, we're quick to leave, ultimately because of Rashi's own Shabbos, because you want to enjoy this Suda. So we'll say, whose opinion does this reflect? That was saying, here's what's interesting. Lemo Rabbi Akiva, the Islai Gavra Yisera. That was saying, it must be Rabbi Akiva, because remember again, what did the Brysa say? On Yom Kippur, we come early, leave late. Oh, so the Gemara will say, listen to this, verses on Shabbos, we come early, leave early. So the Gemara says, oh, that must be Rabbi Akiva. Because Rabbi Akiva says in Yom Kippur, you have seven alios. And on Shabbos, you have six alios. So it must, it's very interesting. It must say the reason you stay late on Yom Kippur is because you have a longer Kriyasa Torah. And you leave early on Shabbos because you have a shorter Kriyasa Torah. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 no. I feel the term Rabbi Shmuel. They both say the length of Yom Kippur davening has nothing to do with that extra aliyah. Rather, dinafish sidura diyoma. The reason ultimately, again, that you leave later on Yom Kippur is because davening itself is much later, is much longer. Good. So we'll say, so now, so now we've established halacha we read five aliyahs on Yom Tov, six aliyahs on Yom Kippur, seven aliyahs on Shabbos. You can never read any less than that. 
but Allah Lamaisa Lista and Shabbos, you're allowed to make Hosafas. Fine. First wide line. So we'll say, now we essentially know that leaving out Yom Kippur, we have a three, five, seven model, right? We have three Alios on Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, five Alios on, five Alios on, on Yom Tiv, six Alios on Yom Kippur, seven Alios on Shabbos. Where do those numbers come from? So it's very interesting. So the Gemara says, Pligi bought Reb Yisrak Barnechmani, Vechad di Ime, Uman Yashim Menpazi, Varmili Reb Yashim Menpazi, Vechad di Ime, Man Reb Yisrak Barnechmani, Varmili Reb Yisrak Barnechmani. So what's this? This is Machlokas. What's the Machlokas? Chad Amar Kineged Birchas Kanim. So it's very interesting. One says the model comes from Birchas Kanim. I will say, listen to this. Birchas Kanim has three verses. Interestingly enough, in verse number three, there's five wor- three words. In verse number two, there's five words. And in verse number three, there's seven words. So very beautifully, the three, five, seven. Like I said, Yom Kippur is kind of an outlier on this. The three, five, seven model comes from Bir Chaskonim. Quite beautiful. I will say, so you see this conversation between Kriyas Torah and Bir Chaskonim. It's the same idea. The whole yisod of Birchas Kohanim is the bracha to channel, is the bracha to channel blessing from the Ribbono Shav Olam onto Klal Yisrael. They will say the whole essence of Torah, the whole essence of Torah is the ability to channel bracha ultimately again from the Ribbono Shav Olam to Klal Yisrael. That's what Torah is. Torah, when I do the mitzvah, when I learn Torah, when I perform the mitzvot, I make myself into a kli, into a utensil that is capable of receiving and retaining blessing from the Ribbon Shalom. I was that Baruch could want to bestow as much bracha as he would like, but I have to be a kli, I have to be a utensil that's capable of receiving it and retaining it. How do I make myself into a kli? Torah. Torah makes me into a utensil that is fit to receive and to retain blessing from the Ribbono Shalom. That's why the structure of Kriyas HaTorah, which is the essence of Talmud Torah, corresponds to Berchaz Kornim. They both have the same goal. The other opinion said, Can I get, well, so just in general, by the way, is a very important yisod in life, about in order to receive the Ribbono Shalom's bracha, I have to be a Kli that is Ro'i Lakach. Sometimes we ask for things for our Kaddish Baruch and we wonder why we're not getting them. And often we think it's an issue with God, but the Shaila just is, am I a proper Kli? Am I a good utensil? Because we'll say, if you have the wrong Kli, imagine for a moment you have the most beautiful, wonderful, delicious coffee, right? Beans roasted to perfection, everything. And you have a cup and you're holding the cup under the urn. There's only one problem. There's no bottom to the cup. There's no bottom to the cup. You could have a coffee thing that holds 57,000 cups. You're not going to get one drop of coffee because there's no bottom to the kli. If the kli is not fit, then the bracha just simply flows right through it. And it's such an incredible yisod for life. If I want bracha, the bracha is always there. But if I want to hold, if I want to receive and to retain the bracha, I have to make myself into a kli haro'ilakach. Am I a proper utensil? Am I a proper receptacle? And that's what Yiddishkeit is all about. Making myself into a kli. What's interesting? Other opinions said, no, it corresponds to 
in a human monarchy, right? There are different ministers, right? There are the three guards who guard the threshold of the king's palace room. Five of the five of the advisors who see the king on a regular basis. Shiver up another seven close advisors. So ultimately, again, so what is it that that the aliyahs are structured after the guards in a palace, after the noblemen in the palace? Jose Torah is our ability to come close to the throne. Right, Torah is how we forge a relationship with Hashem. How do you forge a relationship with the infinite? How do I, a baser of Adam, forge a relationship with the Ribbono Shal Olam? And I will say the answer is through Torah. Torah allows me to be one of the Roe Pnei HaMelech. Allows me to be someone who stands in the chamber of the king. And therefore, again, the structure of Alios is structured after the way a mortal king. Again, these are Psukim also based on Megillah's Esther. But, right, based on the way a mortal king would go ahead and assemble his closest advisors around him. Tani Rabbi Yosef, Gimel Chamisha Veshiva, Shlosha Shomri Asaf, Chamisha Rabbeinah Shiva Rabbeinah Beautiful. Amri Abaye. So this is great. So Abaye, Abaye says... Abaye says to Shalom Barachmani, or whoever the second opinion was, Amrli Abaye, Amrli Abaye, Ata Idna, my time alone, Parish Lanmar. So Abaye says, Rebbe, why didn't you tell us this? Why, why is this coming out now? Why didn't you tell us this beautiful idea before? Amrli responds back to him, Right? I didn't know that you needed it. I didn't know that you needed it. Right? Did, did you ever ask me and I didn't tell you? In other words, the Bosses Abai is saying to Rashwabarachmani, again, it's a Machlokas who said this, but he's saying to the opinion who said this, I can't, this is so beautiful. Why did you never tell me this before? To which the individual, to which the Tam Tvacham responds, what does he respond? Very simple. You never asked. You never asked. Let's say I learned this. I learned this piece of, right, from Howard Brown. Actually, he taught me this idea. Right? If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask, you don't get. And it's an incredible you sowed in life in so many different levels in relationships. Sometimes we think, right, my spouse should know what I need, even if they don't ask. What do you think? Unless you're married to a Navia, right? Or unless your wife is married to a Navi, right? No one knows what you need if you don't tell them. If you don't ask, you don't get. And in life in general, in life in general, sometimes it's uncomfortable to ask, whether it's uncomfortable to ask for that raise, or it's uncomfortable to ask for the promotion, or it's uncomfortable to ask for the additional project in your career. If you don't ask, you don't get. In life in general, so also, and in Torah, if you don't ask, you don't get also. That's true in asking questions, but it's also true about saying, you know, the greatest ask is when you ask of yourself, right? What more could I do? That's the greatest ask. If you don't ask, if you don't challenge yourself to say, what more can I do? You don't get. An incredible yesod in every area of life. Good. Menachem will tell the shver that he was quoted in, uh, in Dafyomi. Good. Amrala Yaakov, minal Rav Yehuda. Hani shish diyomi kipurim kinegin me. So I'll say ultimately, I guess we'll say, it's interesting of the 357. So ultimately, again, we were speaking about this. This is great for weekday Shabbos and, I'm sorry, weekday Yom Tov Shabbos. What about Yom Kippur? What about Yom Kippur? Six aliyahs of Yom Kippur. Amrala kineget shisha sha'amdu mimino shal ezra. Vishisha mismala. I'll say this is very interesting. Corresponding to 
the six people who stood on each side of Ezra. Shne Emar Bayamor Ezra Sofer Al Migdal Eitz Asher Asul Daber Bayamor Etzlo Matisyav Shama Ba'anya Vuriya Bechokia Masia Ayimino Umismolo Pedio Mishal Malkia Chashum Bechashbadno Zechariah Mishal Mishulom. Sigmar says that's not six, that's seven. Hainu Shiva, Hainu Zechariah. I'm sorry. Sigmar says Hainu Zechariah, Hainu Mishulom. Ultimately, Zechariah Mishulom are the same people. Vamai Kar Mishulom. So why do they call them Mishulom? Sigmar says the Mishulom Boovdei. So interesting. Zechariah was also known as Mishulom. His name was Zechariah. Mishulom was more of a descriptive name. That Mishulom means that he was a person who was Shalim in his avoda. Rashi says over here Mishulom ba'avode ba'boovdei tamim b'masav. He was a person who was complete in his actions, right? In other words, he was a whole person. So whether that means, Ovde, see, you think the pastor's Ovde means his avodas Hashem. Rashi seems to say over here that it's more in terms of his midos, the myself, right? He's showing in his, in his actions. Okay, so it's six. Therefore, I'll say, interestingly enough, that I remember again, this is when Ezra was talking to Cloud Yisrael from the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. So it's interesting to see that the six aliyos of Yom Kippur correspond to the six people who stood on each side of Ezra as he went ahead and delivered this speech to Cloud Yisrael from the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. It could very well be that the connection over here is Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is so centrally focused on the Beis HaMikdash, right? The essence of Yom Kippur is the Avoda of the Mikdash. And therefore, again, the number of Alios is gleaned from Ezra's Jerusha inside of the Beis HaMikdash or in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. Beautiful. What's a very interesting Gemara. Tanabaran, Hakol Olam Leminyan Shiva. Everyone could count towards the seven Alios of Shabbos. Afilu Katan, Vafilu Isha. Even a child, even a woman. But again, Chazal said that better not to include a woman as one of the seven aliyos out kavod hatzibor. Right now, we'll see now, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, actually, mipnei kavod Torah. Um, Rash says, "Ubnei kavod Torah, shloye kavod Torah v'kavod." I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead a little bit. No, kavod tzibor. So we'll say. So interestingly enough, the way the Marsha, for example, explains this is as follows. That if a woman is given an aliyah, what it looks like is there's no knowledgeable man in the audience who knows how to go ahead and read the brachas. So it's kind of the same idea, I will say, that, you know, the Gemara Mishnah's brachas, we saw that technically woman, technically woman, technically speaking, a woman could make Kiddush. A woman could make Kiddush, ultimately, again, even for her husband and for B'nai Beso. But the Gemara says, Tavalov me'ira, a curse should come upon a man whose wife is motzi him in Kiddush. Why? Because it looks like the man is so ignorant that he's not even able to say his own Kiddush. So again, the Allah is very interesting Allah. So you see things like this, that technically speaking, a woman is permitted to participate. And we have these ideas of Kavarat Sibor or Kavarat Torah. Again, a much deeper topic, a very fascinating halachic topic. But it is interesting to see that Meikar Adin, the Gemara says, a woman, a Katan, could participate in the seven Aliyos. See, the Gemara says as follows. Interesting Shiloh. Maftir Shiva. I will say, what about Maftir? So now we know on Shabbos, on Shabbos, you have to read seven aliyas. Here's the Shiloh. Is Maftir one of the seven or not? Right? Is Maftir one of the seven? So we'll say, Tushitim Mar Surah, Funa Rabbi Yamiya Bar Abba, Chadamar Ola, the Chadamar Eno Ola. One opinion says, yes, Ola means it counts as part of the seven. And one opinion says, it does not count as part of the seven. Manda Amra Ola, the Hakari. The one who says it counts, because we read it. Another one will say, why, why wouldn't it count? 
Why wouldn't it count? In other words, if you're reading it, then why would it not count as one of the seven? Man ula ula. So we'll say the one who says that it doesn't count, he's like ula. What does ula say? So let's listen to this. Why is there a maftir? Right? Remember again, who gets maftir? The person who's going to read the half Torah. So why not just read seven alias, give someone a half Torah, and gamarnu? Why, why, why does the person who gets the half Torah also have to get an aliyah? Right? Why is that important? So the Gemara says, Mipnei maha maftir benavitar shiikrab Torah. Tchila, I'll tell you why. Mipnei kavod Torah. We both say, this is alt kavod Torah. Look at Rashi. Mipnei kavod Torah. Shloye kavod Torah vekavod navishavah. Listen to this. Because we're concerned. Where's, what's the concern? The concern is if you give, you have, give seven people alios and then someone reads the Torah, it looks like you're putting the Torah and Torah on the same level. So instead, what we do is we say if you're going to read the Torah, the first thing you need to do is what? Get an aliyah Torah. You have to get an aliyah to show that the kind of like Torah is the ikr. And it's the gateway ultimately again to Nevi'im. So what it's saying is there is no half Torah without a maftir. So that creates the hierarchy that Torah is more important than Nevi'im. To which the Gemara says, Therefore, because because maftir abosai is only there in order in order to do what? In order to show kavod ha-Torah, right? In order to show that Navi is not on the same level as Torah, it's not counted as one of the alios. Good. So we'll say this is Machlokis. So is Maftir counted as one of the seven or not? Machlokis. So opinion that says it is. It says, look, you read it. Opinion that says it's not. Because it's not really read for, what, why is it read for? It's only read for Kavarat Torah purposes. It's only read so that, because otherwise, if the person who's doing the Haftorah would just do the Haftorah, it looks like Haftorah and Torah are on the same level. By creating a Maftir, you can't read Haftorah unless you get Maftir. It shows that Torah is more important than the Vim. And therefore, again, because of that, it should not count as part of the seven. Says Gira Mesvei, Hamafter binavi lo yifchos me esrim ve'echa psukim, keneget shiva shekaraba Torah. This is very interesting. Eaf Torah should never be less than 21 psukim. Why no less than 21 psukim? Because again, that's three, because that corresponds to the seven alios. And I must remember again, the minimum number of psukim for an aliyah is three. So that gives you 21. To which number ve'im isa. Esrim va'ar bahavion. Then I both say, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, and if maftir was reckoned as, right, if maftir doesn't count, if maftir doesn't count, and therefore maftir is reckoned as its own, its own separate entity, then what should it be? It should be what? It should be 24. Because in reality, you have quote unquote eight alios, to which the Gemara says, Kevan de Mishum Kavatorahu, Amadeis, Kenegdo Nami Loboi. No, no, no. Because once again, since the only reason I'm reading maftir, is alt kavra Torah, therefore that does not need to be reflected in the number of psukim in the half Torah. In other words, the psukim in the half Torah correspond to the number of obligatory alios. But since the add-on aliyah of maftir is only there for what purpose? Is only there alt kavra Torah, therefore I don't need three corresponding psukim in the half Torah. So maskifla rabba. So I'll say, so now the Gemara is jumping ship here for just for a second. So now you were just talking about the fact that Torah can't have any less than 21 psukim. But maskifla rabba vahari olo sechem, safu dolo havyon esrin bechad de karinon. So I'll say, what about the Torah of olo sechem safu? Which is in Yemyo, that does not have 21 psukim, and yet we read it as Torah. Shiny hasam the salakin yono. So the Gemara says, no, 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 it's different because of Osai. 
21 psukim is in a vacuum, but if you have a Torah that is a self-contained subject, and that subject is contained in less than 21 psukim, that works fine as well. Is that true? So therefore, again, what you're telling me is, if it's not a complete topic, you have to read at least 21 psukim. So the Gemara says, I, Bahamar Rav Shmuel Bar Abba, Zin in Sagin Ha'ibakim Ka'im Nakamid Rabbi Ochanan. Many times I was in front of Rabbi Ochanan, Vichi Hava Karinan Asara Psuke, Amrlan of Siku, and we would read 10 psukim of Aftora, and Rabbi Ochanan would tell us, okay, stop here. So which the Gemara says, listen to this. Sigmar says, Amalev Siku, Makum Shish Torgaman Shiny. It was different there because in Rabbi Yochanan Shul, they had a Torgaman. I will say they had a translator, right? And the Torgaman would go ahead and translate also the Haftorah. The Tani Rav Tachliva Barshmuel, Loshan El Makum Shein Torgaman. Aval Makum Shish Torgaman Posek. I will say, here's the difference. When there's no Torgaman, you read either 21 Psukim or a complete topic, even if it's shorter than 21 Psukim. Where there is a Torgaman Rabosai, and therefore, again, there's translation on every psukim. You could stop even earlier, even if it's not Torah psukim, or even if it's not a complete topic. Rashi says, why? Tircha de Tzibura. Tircha de Tzibura. Because at a certain point in time, the Torah becomes too long. And therefore, Allah Chalamaisi, you could write, Rabbi Yochanan said, shut it down. Right? Essentially, he said that shut down the Torah after some amount of time because it was a Tircha de Tzibura. Good, it was so beautiful. So now, just to point out what we know, beautiful, beautiful Gemara, we now again have our three five, six, seven, Alios model, right? In Pochasin, no less, you can add on on Shabbos. We now also know the symbolisms behind each of, behind each of the particular number of Alios per occasion. We also know that Halacha Lamaisa, again, Maftir, does not count as part of the minion of seven. Haftorah should either be 21 Psukim or complete topic. Unless, of course, you have a Torgamon, in which case, again, you could stop the Torah even earlier. Beautiful. Ain person al Shema. We'll say great soya. Ain person al Shema. So we'll say what's person al Shema. We'll say we had this actually in Mishnah Yomi. Look at Rashi. Ain person al Shema. So this is a great case. Minyan habalabe. I'm reading Rashi. Minyan habalabe saknes. So it's the Shema. So listen to the following situation. Let's say you have ten people who came to shul late, and they came essentially after Shema, which I'm say means what? Means what? They missed Baruchu and Kriyashma. So they could do something very interesting. Echad Omer. So sorry. So Omeit Echad Omer Kaddish U Baruchu U Bracha Rishona Shebe Kriyashma. So we'll say what you could do is if you have 10 people therefore who missed Baruchu together, what you could do is they get together. One person says Baruchu and the first Bracha of Shema, what we call Yotzer HaMaoros, right? The first Bracha of Kriyashma. I will say that's called Parsin Shema. The reason it's called Parsin is because pros means a piece. You're not, you're not going to say both Brachos Kriyashma, you're only saying one Bracha of Kriyashma, but this allows you to get Baruchu. That's essentially what's happening over here. It allows you to get Baruchu. It also allows you to recite the Kedusha of Baruchu. So you recite Baruchu, Kadosh, right? You, you say Baruchu, Kadosh, 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 until the end of the bracha of Yotzer Hamaoro. So it allows you to get Baruchu and Kedusha. So Parson Hashma, Vein Oro Vnateva, you can't daven, right? You can't appoint the Chazin. Vein Osnes Kavin, you can't Dochen. Vein Karmator, you can't Lane. Vein Maftir Melav, you can't do Aftorah. Vein Osin Maimot Umoshav. So we'll say, you're going to see whether the theme over here, these are all things you cannot do without a minion. You can't do Maimot Umoshav. Then I will say, what's Ma'amadu Moshev? Take a look at Rashi. Enosin Ma'amadu Moshev, Lameis. Kishenosin Asameis Lekovro, Hayu Yoshvin Zayin Pamim, Livkos Asameis. So listen to this. It's actually quite moving. Levias. 
in the times of the in times of the Mishnah looked very different. They would escort the mace, right? So they'd be they'd be accompanying the the, the 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 deceased. And what they would do is over the course of their trip to the cemetery, they would stop seven times. And during each stop, they would deliver eulogies. So Rashi says, this called Mahmud Umoshav. Because they would stop, sit, eulogize, cry, get up, go, stop, sit, eulogize. And they would do this seven times. That's called Mahmud Umoshav. You do not recite Birchas Avelim. Again, we'll discuss in the Gemara what that is. Vitanchume Avelim. So we'll say Tanchume Avelim ultimately again is after the burial, they would form lines. And the mourners would walk through the lines. And that's when you would see Amokom Yenachim Eschem Beso Shai Beleitziam Birushalayim. Birchas Chasanim, which we assume for now means Shavah Brachas. Vein Mizamdin B'Shem. And we don't go ahead and recite Benching with the Shem Hashem. All of these cases, Pachos Me'asara. And what's going come down and all these mentioned the Mishnah is, you need a minion. You need a minion. Obe Karkos, that was his interesting case. What's the case of Karkos? This is a situation where you want to redeem land from Hekdish. So let's say if you want to redeem land from Hekdish, there is a special process that is employed in order, because remember again, in order to evaluate, in order to redeem something, you need proper valuation. How is that proper valuation done? Tisha the coin. So ultimately again, you need nine people. You need a minion, but there must be at least one Kohen in that minion. Nine people and a minion va'adam ki bahem. Right? Rashi says over here the same idea is if a person wants to go ahead and literally, it sounds like redeem himself, but we'll discuss in the Gemara what it actually means. What it really is referring to over here, if a person wants to pledge his value to the base Hamikdash, the, the way we evaluate a person, once again, is also with a minion. That minion could be up to nine Yisraelim, but you always need one coin. Beautiful. I will say, so let's, let's analyze. The Gemara, I will say, so this is great. So these are all examples of things for which you need a minion. To which the Gemara says, how do we know the concept of a minion? Right? Just how, how do we know this? In other words, how do we know the concept that there's an idea that, that, there's a, that a minion has Kedusha? So listen to this. Amra Bichibar Abba, Amra Biochan, Damakra, the Pasik says, Vinikdashti Bisoch Bene Israel. I'll be sanctified within Klal Israel, which we learned what? Called Darvashabik Dusha, Lo Yehe Pachos Measar. That teaches me about any Darvashabik Dusha, any holy thing could only take place within a quorum of ten men. Requires ten Jewish men. I will say so that's Vinikdashti Bisoch Bene Israel, I will be sanctified within Klal Israel. Any Dover Shebekdusha, holy matter, requires 10 men. To which the Yomara says, okay, my Masha, how do you see that in the Pasuk? Right? How do you see it? Now, I will say, now here, remember, what do I see from the Pasuk? V'nikdashti b'soch b'nei Yisrael. That a Dover Shebekdusha has to happen where? Within Klal Yisrael. Which tells me that, what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? A group. Right? The Yomara says, oh, and what's a group? 10. So now we'll say, how do you know that? How do you know that a group means 10? Watch this. What is the great limun? This Tani Rebichia, Asya Toch Toch. We make Xer Shava of Toch Toch. Ksif Hacha. It says over here, Venik Tashti Besoch Bene Israel. It says here, I'll be sanctified Besoch Bene Israel. Oksif Hasam, He Badlu Mitoch Haida, Meitoch Haida. Now we'll say, now watch this. This is a this is a multi-tiered, a multi-tiered drasha. So I'm saying I listen to this. 
So it says again on one hand, Viniktashti Sufal the Drasha. Viniktashti Bisoch Bene Israel. Okay, that's number one. Number two, he badlu mitoch haidarazos. Now both say, now remember again, toch, toch, what is this talking about? This is Korach. Right? He badlu mitoch haidarazos. Watch this. Vaasya Eida Eida. We have another Xir Shabab Eida Eida, the Xiv Hasam Admasai Leida Hara Hazos. Now both say, who is that by? That's the Miraglim, right? And I remember again, who's the Eida Hara by the Miraglim? Who's the Eida Hara? Ten Miraglim. Because remember again, Yoshua and Kalei, Mala Alon Asara, Afkan Asara. By the Miraglim, the Eida Hara was only ten. Because Yoshua and Kalei were not part of the bad Eida. So therefore, I both say, therefore we see it's a minion. Both say, look at this wild limud. So here's what we've got. Here, just follow the, follow, this, this is a progression. I'll be sanctified within Kalei Yisrael. Tells me, for any Dover Shebekdusha, I need a group. What's a group? So again, we make another Gzir Shava of Hibadlu Misoch Ha'eda Harazos. Toch, toch. Separate yourself from this Eda, right? Eda is also a group. What's the definition of Eda? What's the definition of Eda? Uh, what's the definition of Admasai Le'eda Harazos? So I'll say essentially, and that refers to the Miraglim 10. So it's Eda, Eda, Toch, Toch. Gives you a group of ten. And we'll say, do you understand the incredible and enormous limud over here? Where do we learn our minion from? Where do we learn our minion from? From the Miraglim and from Korach. That's where we learn our minion from. And we'll say, which teaches you that even the greatest Rishayim are capable of creating Kedusha. And we'll say, there is no such thing as a Jew or as a group of Jews who are not capable of Kedusha. The concept of a Darash Shebekdusha only happening inside of a minion has learned that from Korach and as our friend Miraglim. We think that when we make mistakes in life, we divest ourselves of our personalistic Kedusha. Kamash Malon, the entire Makar, the entire source of a minion comes from Korach and the Miraglim. No matter how much I mess up in life, I always retain the ability to generate Kiddusha. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Let's go back there. You can't go and do Ma'amad Moshe. So what's right? This, this is by the Levaya. Escorting the dead, getting up, sitting down, delivering a spade. And you don't do this less than a minion. Says the Gemara. Says, Kevon Dubai Lameymar, Amdu Yikarim, Amodu, Shavu Yikarim, Shavu, Betsimei Asar Lav Orach Ara. So what's right? The formulation for Ma'amad Moshev was stand up, precious one, stand up, sit down, precious one. So he's speaking to a group. So whenever you're speaking to a group, what the Gemara essentially says is a group always means what? A group means 10. A group means 10. Rashi says, Lav orach shaliach lekach, the cross in Yikarim. They will say, Levayis, you had like someone who was calling out, stand up, precious one, stand up, sit down. So it, it doesn't look bakavadik if it's less than 10 people. So you have to have a minion, otherwise you don't use this formulation. What's birchas avelim? Birchas rachba. I will say this was the bracha they used to say in the street. We saw this in Moed Cotton. There was a whole formulation that they used to have again. The avelim would sit in the street, have in public place, have their sudas have rather meal of consolation. And there was a whole bracha that was said for the avelim. 
Birchas Avelim Ba'asara Ve'ein Avelim in Aminyan. The bracha that you, we don't do this anymore today, but the bracha that you give to the Avelim, that's done with ten. That's done with ten, and the Avelim are not part of the ten. Birchas Avelim Ba'asara Ve'ein Avelim in Aminyan. The bracha, right, the, right, so I'm sorry. Birchas Avelim Ba'asara, you need a minion for the Birchas Avelim, but ultimately the Avelim are not part of the ten. Birchas Chasanim Ba'asara, you need ten for Shever Brachas. The chasanim in Aminyan. And the chasan is one of the ten. We'll have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up a minute with the rest of this sugi tomorrow. Shkoyach.